Hello and welcome to Dicebreakers, a TTRPG podcast and stream with mostly accurate rules and inconsistent character voices. I'm Alex, your host and GM, and with me are Rowan, our late party Mark and Joe, my wonderful players. How is everybody doing? Ignoring everything about the OGL today. <laughs> Absolutely spiffing. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we're ignoring anything about the OGL because we've just spent time talking about it before we started, not because we agree with Wizards of the Coast uh, business practices. So if you want yep. to hear uh, our grievances, <clears throat> go on to the Twitch VOD. It's not going to be uh, in the YouTube VOD. So, Purdy is not here uh, because uh, she is just finishing going through all of the hate mail that she got for writing Wizards of the Coast's uh, response. <laughs> 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 Oh, good lord. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit late. Um, can you imagine being the person given the task of writing? Oh, oh, it, was, it was definitely a lawyer thinking they were clever rather than a PR person. Yeah. We're not talking about that now. Okay, so. I do have an intro, of course, uh, which should go over things that have been happening in the past few. It's been quite a while since we played. It's been a month. Um, I saw, looked yeah. at my notes. It's been a month and four days. It's been, it's been a month and four days since we did I'm, this one. That is... I missed the last one, so I, it's been a, a longer for you. Six, couple uh, of months, probably. Okay. A month and a half, well, I think. <clears throat> yeah. We have much to do uh, and things to start. And less uh, time to do it. <clears throat> and as, well, yes. And, and as soon as this uh, intro comes to an end, We'll go on to the nice little... I, I still call them recaps, but they're not really anymore. I need to find a new new name for them. Mm -hmm. The thing. Yeah, who knows? Intro. So I have that, that word oh, yeah. could be copyrighted. It's the I'm character gonna... intro. It's the kintro. Yeah. Are we ready? I'm trying to mute myself when I cough, but I'm sorry if I miss some. So, yes. are, are we ready? Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, I should have asked. Are we all feeling better this week? I feel better. I feel, I feel nearly better. <laughs> but I didn't feel too bad in the first place. Anyway, talk about ways, meet yourself, and let's listen to this nice little recap. You're right, sir. Mm. If you tap any harder with that pen, you'll go right through your desk. Oh, yes, Beatrice. I'm okay. Just have a few things on my mind, is all. Anything you want to get off your chest, sir? I'm always here to listen, you know. No, no, don't worry. Very kind of you, though. I'm just worried about the girls. A little bit of emptiness syndrome. No, it's not that. Maisie started asking questions. About what? About it. Oh, I see. What are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. Etta refuses to see reason about telling her the truth. But it just makes me feel nervous, you know? Yeah. Well, I know you'll figure out what to do, sir. You've got the sharpest mind in the house after all. Yes, thank you, Beatrice. How are the girls doing anyway? Well, funny you should ask, because I was just having a little look into what they were doing yesterday. Seems they've been getting on with their studies nicely. Maisie's even taken on extracurricular school learning, which is great. Neva is obviously getting perfect performance so far. It seems she has a good influence in that Carly boy. He's prominent in a Lestwin, don't you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's the son of the cousin of Flint, the hero who saved the country and turned into flames. He's set to rise high on that system. I don't say... Maybe a good match for Maisie, then. Get those international relationships strengthened. Well, maybe. Anyway, they've just got a new roommate, Jameth Resequin, a girl from Cougarum. She seems lovely, if a bit troubled. They've been working hard on this Alliston Benfayal competition. Seems they're currently in the lead. They got the gold orb from a big tower, and then a red orb from a huge puzzle maze. They've also just had their first Warforged Wars fight. And won. Warforged what? 
Oh, it's like a robot fight where they have to design the robots themselves. Very good for the mind. And on top of that, they're going to be taking one of the airships on Saturday to go research space guppies. An airship? Who approved that? You did, sir. Oh, of course, yes. Anything else? What about that peasant boy they live with? Crobworth, Crimpton, Crabforth. Cromwell? Yes, that's the chap. You shouldn't really call him a peasant, sir. Oh, right. Um, the financially challenged one. Well, that's not... Uh, he's doing fine. Seems he's having meetings with a magic professor about something, doing well in his studies. He was the main one on making that Warforged. No, I don't care about that. What's his influence on the girls? Oh, I, I don't know about that, sir. Well, find out for me. I don't want him putting ideas in my girls' heads. Yes, sir. Wouldn't want them having their own thoughts now, would we, sir? Then they might grow up to be independent. Exactly. Go do that for me now. Yes, sir. There we go. A wonderful we little just, recap of the things that have been happening. We don't want to be independent. Independent <laughs> thinking kids. Oh, I, I can't recommend it. <clears throat> uh, enjoy that one. So... <coughs> <clears throat> if we're ready to move into it, um, <laughs> uh, Ron, could you move it over to the um, suspenseful uh, soundtrack, please? God damn it! Is I, that's why you were laughing? <laughs> yeah. Om ominous or, or subtle? Ominous. ominous? Yeah. Ominous. Ominous. Oh, for no reason at all, other than because I want to. You know. I thought that that intro was the part you wanted me to pay attention for. And now I'm scared. It was okay. <clears throat> I'm not convinced. Okay, bring it in. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, Maisie. You wake up in your dorm room, feeling groggy and disoriented. Your head is pounding, pulsing with pain, blurring your vision, creating a ringing sound in your ears. You try to get out of bed, but your legs give way and you fall to your knees, the pain in your head growing, the ringing getting louder. You can hear your heartbeat pounding in your ears. You start to crawl across the ground towards the door, trying to scream for help, but your voice is lost in nothingness, echoing into the abyss. You look desperately at the door and see blood pooling from underneath it, traveling under the small gap at the base. You wrench yourself to your feet and stumble to the doorway, grabbing the door handle, heaving the door open with what little strength your body can muster, only to see horror. Your blurry eyes start to focus as you see a hooded figure, all in black, holding two daggers standing over a body. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the face of the hooded figure, or black thereof. In place of its face, you can see pure darkness, the blackest black you've ever seen, almost stealing the light from around it into a void of nothingness. The body on the ground has gray skin and white hair with a soft face, a figure you do not recognize, <clears throat> yet you feel attached to them somehow. They reach out a bloody arm to you, desperately calling out your name as the hooded figure in black looks up and sees you, tilting its head slightly as if curious. You stand there, frozen in fear, as the figure slowly walks towards you, each footstep like a cannon in your ears, your heart pounding, trying to escape your chest. They reach out an arm to touch you, and Maisie! You snap out of the trance as you hear the familiar voice of Jameth calling your name from across the common area. You look to where the figure was, 
then it's disappeared along with the body on the floor. Everything has gone back to normal. Your heart, your hearing, your eyes, even the pain is gone. And Jameis speaks again. Maisie, you're right. You look like you've seen a ghost. I might have. Huh? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what's up? Terrible. Nothing. You were just staring there like absolutely nothing. I was calling your name for like a minute. Oh, wow. That, that long? Damn. It was a hard day yesterday, then. Yeah. Parents suck. All right. Well, as long as you're all right, want some food or something. Yes. Coffee. As you look around the common area, uh, no one is there currently. <clears throat> you can see various books on the dining table, just like old study books of Carles, all piled up. They're neat but messy at the same time. You can tell that there is an idea of structure, but a little bit of just mess. And uh, there's just a singular pen left on the table, which you recognize as Nevers, who's probably in her room or gone elsewhere. I will assume this is about like nine-ish in the morning. <clears throat> I'll assume Cromwell is still asleep. What day is it? Uh, it is a Wednesday. Then I it might be earlier than that, if, yes, because you'll have things on in the day. I would be at history. Yeah, yeah it would have to be earlier than no. that. I have stopped a few times. I would be yes, at history. I'd be at history. Then well. it is eight o'clock, earlier than that, because you know it's. it's I would not be at history. <clears throat> yeah, I should not be waking up this early. <laughs> Apparently. Mm. You're, you're in subterfuge, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just want to grab coffee and, I don't know, like a breakfast sandwich on the way over? All right. Cool. Do you want to talk to your sister? I mean, I'm just concerned about um, your face. Is she here? Yeah, she's yeah, she's probably here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be right back. All right. Go find Neva. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> there. <laughs> um. Uh. I got weird brain stuff. Um. Different weird brain stuff. Okay. Um. Elaborate. Oh well. Apparently, uh, Jay was like trying to get my attention for a whole minute, and I wasn't there at all and I didn't have any control over it and I was just like seeing a whole like weird nightmare it's probably just because I'm up this early that never happens but... I don't think it's got anything to do with you being up early well it can't be like a, a premonition or anything like that because there's like a weird person I don't know dead on the floor um, on this floor our floor here um, and like some weird shadowy cloaked figure. It, it see, it has to be visions. It doesn't make any sense. So, but I, yeah, no, like I agree, it has to be a vision. But I don't think you being up early is the reason why you're having them. Could be. I've never been up this early before. So, okay. Well, yes. Okay. Okay. This is a lot. Yeah. Have you put it in your diary like I keep telling you to? No, it just happened. What? Put it in your diary. Put it in your diary straight away. It's the first thing you have to do. 
Um, could this be caused by by our call yesterday? I don't know. I mean, I'm pissed at them, but it's not like. You know, is it is it like a weird dream thing where it's like, oh, I'm really angry and now I want to kill them, and that that, that was them? I don't know. It's dumb. Sure, hope that doesn't happen more. It was not fun. Yeah, no. So do you do you recognize the figure on? on are you saying on our floor, then our communal floor in our? Yeah, like outside my room. As you think about it, like as your brain wakes up a little more, as with the dream, a little longer than the dream, but as with the dream, it's it is fate. It's harder to remember exactly the details of everything, like how you felt. You've got the general idea, um, but it, it it's fading fairly quickly. I should I should go right at Tom. Yeah, this is why I tell you to do it straight away. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm going right at down. Yeah, you get most of the details, like what you would remember. If something happened a couple days ago and you're like yeah i can vaguely remember what happened um like you can't remember the exact clothes of the the hooded figure but you remember like the lack of face and that it did have a hood and you don't remember exactly what the the person on the floor looked like but you remember their general features you know enough of like skin color and things like so that. exactly what i have written down in my notes then of hooded, fi that, hooded yes. figures two daggers pure darkness gray skin white hair stabbed yeah. <laughs> and you remember feeling very disoriented. Yeah. And I, I do I remember calling out the figure's name on the floor because you, you said that's what happened, but I don't. No, no, I don't remember the name. Out, it called out your name. Oh. Okay. Okay. And you would you would remember that? Yeah. But you don't remember what his voice sounded like. Hmm. Can we change it, Alex? It's funnier if she just yells out her own name for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> also, I 100% thought I was muted while I was eating that cupcake. My apologies if you just heard me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Nothing came through. No, there, was, there was no jumping. <laughs> Although I did hear um, Purdy's dog whining, so I think they were just a little upset that you were eating a cupcake and not sharing with the class. That's why I <laughs> muted myself. <laughs> so, yes. Um, <clears throat> unless there's anything else you wanted to do, you, you know, no, all go off to your separate, <laughs> you all go off to your separate classes. First thing, Kale, Neva, uh, and Cromwell, you all have history. <clears throat> and indeed. at the same time, Maisie and Jameth, you all, you both have subterfuge, so you sort of split off your separate ways, grab some coffees from the refectory, lunch hall, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and the rest of the day, unless there's any reason for you, for you to want it to go differently, you know, cruises along, you hit lunchtime. In fact, the next few days until Saturday, unless you want to do anything, go along. Yes, just absolutely perfect. I want to know about the hexagon. <clears throat> yes, um, <clears throat> on, on the, the way to history, <laughs> I would. I'd be like, Cal, you were just paying no attention last night, so I'm going to tell you again today. You didn't. Need, you just. You just left it on the floor, so I picked it up. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Uh, I had these. I had these two things identified for you because I'm oh. nice. Oh yes. So, this thing is mithril. Is it's a mithril breastplate no. equivalent? What it is called <laughs> is arcane force repulsion armor. Oh. Ooh. But if you oh. want it on D and D Beyond, it's a mithril breastplate. <laughs> yes. So, arcane. Afra. 
arcane force repulsion armor. But it is based upon, it is based entirely on metal breastplate armor. Uh, Breastplate, (laughs) not plate armor. Um, Basically, he uh, he hands it over to you, and it's, you know, as you said before, this strange metal hexagon with glowing red stripes across its face. And when you put, he puts it on your chest, right, on your sternum, and it expands out into this weird polygonal chest plate made of glowing red energy. Just sort of covers, like, as a breastplate armor would. (coughs) And it's it's weird because it's solid. Um, it has this very, very gentle hum as it sort of exists. Um, and when you touch it, it kind of like glitches a little bit, like fizzles where you hit, uh, where you tap it, but then it just sort of goes back to perfectly normal. Oh, gosh, yeah. that's, that's fantastic. That's exactly um, what I need. And we thought used to have that because your armor got dinged up in the <laughs> Warforged Wars, but also uh, it is more uh, stealthy than your other armor uh, was. A lot more stuff. That's very. That's perfect. That is. And then. A lot. So we kind of thought that you should have that just because it makes sense. And then, do you remember those braces that you found and then never looked into? I do actually. Yes. Yeah, that's I got those. I got those checked out as well. Uh, if you remember, I asked them for you. I told you I'd get them checked out, so you gave them to me, and then I went and got, got them checked out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're called Braces of Stars. They basically, they do three things. They make you more likely to live if you're being, uh, if someone is trying to have you not live. Just a little bit. Um, And then it also does, are you familiar with the spell Magic Missile? Uh, Yes, I've heard of it. I've uh, never, of course. You can essentially do a mini version of Magic Missile a certain amount of times a day. Oh. Uh, and then it also, are you familiar with the item Bag of Holding? Oh, yes, I am. Yes. It, it has like a little mini version of a Bag of Holding in it. Well, those are very, very useful. Even better so that, than the ones I hear. Well, so That technically is yours, as you, you found it, unless you would like to give it to someone else. Well, that would be quite handy, actually. I, uh, after my... Uh, after my second, I said double it and pass it on to the next person. <laughs> I, mean. I know that I know that I know that. Have you put that on your DMD Beyond so that I can delete it off of mine? I want let me to add them in then. Uh, uh, called Braces of Stars. It is, um, Manage Inventory Braces of Stars. Add. Thank Got you it. very much. That's very kind. What was the one called? The what's it called? It's called the arcane propulsion armor, but it's just mithril. <laughs> MLT, mithril which R-A-L, I believe. Uh, breastplate armor. Mithril. So, I will hand that back to you unless you decide that I must have it. <laughs> I would be very. <laughs> if you want to borrow it at some point, that's fine. But for the moment, I, I I'm a little bit more cautious about. Uh, Things at the moment after having nearly got uh, killed several times. That's true. You, you have you have almost been murdered several times. I have. What's the, oh, that's better. I've got a, that's fourteen armor. That's <coughs> you didn't hear me say that because that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it should be more than fourteen. Yeah. Oh, plus fourteen mithril breastplate. Do you not have a? De- it should be whatever it is plus two for your dex. If you have a dex mod of two, I have a dex mod of zero. Oh, that'd be one. 
Um, not the best thing in the world, just a little bit better. Uh, anyway, uh, also oh, it's, Mithril... It's, it's, um, I, I had an hourglass of 10 before, which is why everything hit me all the time. Mithril also doesn't go clinky-clanky when you uh, walk around, so you don't get the disadvantage on stealth. Excellent, that's really nice. So, yes, uh, the next three days passed that bit. There's another thing. There's two other things. Oh my god, okay. At 12 o'clock, once okay. I have finished my classes for that so Wednesday, Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I would go to... I. So I thought that I had written this down, uh, and I had not written down the details, but I thought that I had. Okay. Uh, I know that I, Morthargus asked me to go get something from a shop for him, some kind of spell component, and bring it back to him, and I would get to keep the change, and he'd also given me, like, a brooch or, or, or something as, like, proof that he'd sent me. So I was just going to go do that. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what any of the details so were. You would know that you would not be able to do that at lunchtime. The walk across the city is, like, two hours. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe one and a half hours. Um, oh, do you, how long do that's, you have? That's why, that's why it's <laughs> good that it's Wednesday. <laughs> uh, just you, on your own? Uh, I mean, I'll ask if anyone who's free wants to come, but they're under no obligation. Does anyone go with? Just so I know who's there. What day is it? Wednesday. Oh, 12 Wednesday. o'clock. 12 o'clock. Uh, I can tell you right now that no, people who have lessons, Neva and... Just got a wave of sadness. Neva and Samir. Oh. 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 <laughs> so it's just Neva who's busy. <laughs> I can go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jameth opts not to. Fair. I mean, it, it might not be exciting. No promises for you for this. Just an area of the city that we haven't really been to. That's completely fine. Just okay. want to get out now, of the room. If it's. If you're both, are you both coming? Neva's busy. You, no, but you and Cal. Oh, I don't know. So I'm uh, still, uh, I was still doing my adventure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. not paying attention. <clears throat> I wasn't not paying attention. No, but I have, uh, I am now wearing my little bit of armor. That's better. I'm less likely to die. This is good. I like not being, not dying. Are you, <laughs> are you coming with me and Neva to go fetch something from a Easy. shop for one of my professors? Yeah, by means. I get you uh... twins confused. Are you coming? Okay, right. The last time that the three of us went somewhere by ourselves... It went great. Neva got really upset about it, okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, potentially, we either just don't tell her, or, you know, if there comes to, to be danger on what should just be a simple fetch quest... Uh, we push Maisie into the knives of whoever is trying to kill us, and then we run, and then we'll tell Neva about how hard we tried to save you. Ready? <clears throat> I, I, yeah, think I, don't think, I don't think you'll need your dirty coats for this one. That was the last time. Let's go. <laughs> so. <laughs> the trail... Where, where is Neva at the moment? In school. Class. Okay, fair enough. Uh, specifically in Botany. Botany. Yep, in botany, uh, learning about, um, rather boringly, learning about recognisable signs of particular herbs. <clears throat> um, but the herbs aren't like interesting herbs about healing or death or any of that. It's like um, herbs. I think the one that you'll, you'll be learning at the moment is a herb that helps cure indigestion. Nice. Oh, very useful. Oh. Very useful. 
Um, exactly, it's, it's, it's very boring. So, the travel to Erhant is about two hours of walking. So, uh, actually, by the time you get there, uh, Neva will be done with her lesson and get back to nobody. So, I don't know if you told her or not, but no one's there when you get back. Let's say no. <laughs> I would have let so, it get... Cal would have left a note. Jameis there, Jameis will now know. So, it's about two hour walks uh, through Verthil and a part of uh, Erhant itself. Uh, if you look on the map, it is, Erhant is the easternmost part of Veluna, the little purple section on the east. Verthil is a fairly boring place to walk through. The streets are moderately large, the buildings are well built, though a little run down, and the mixture. Sorry, the people are a mixture of pleasant and unpleasant, but mostly they just keep to themselves. They aren't particularly interested in a group of teenagers, you know, even if you are older teenagers. <coughs> so the suburbs on the out, out, outskirts of a city? Yeah, that, so that's just on the outskirts. That is, it is very sort of suburbs. Slightly bigger uh, roads than that, as though some carriages come through, but it's not exactly a massive trade mm. route. I've forgotten. How old are you two? <laughs> hmm? Uh... Yes, I, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm ready for it. Thirty. You say thirteen. Thirty. Thirty. Thank God. But I have so you're a, seventeen. Okay. I have a longer, <laughs> a longer lifespan, so it's equivalent of. I was going to say a bunch of teenagers walking through. It's only one. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, um, adolescence. Um, Erhant is very similar, but with a more modern style to the buildings, with a more of a community feel. There's more local shops and community buildings, giving the feeling that there's not much reason to go outside of Erhant on the average day for a resident. Uh, it does almost feel, as you walk through it, like its own little village, town, city. You know, it's it has everything, um, including its own. Uh, as you walk sort of closer, you see signs for like a library and uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, probably not as big as the main one, but you know. Eventually, due to directions that you would have been given, you reach a small market corner in which there is a shop called the Magic Pit. Uh, it's all dingy and dark with little light coming through an overhanging, can overhanging canopy of material, but the shop front is well maintained and seemingly it's, you know, it's popular. Um, though dingy and dark on the inside at least, as you can see, it matches the style of everything else on the outside. <coughs> Excuse me. I take it this is the place? Unless there's another one with the same name. Cool. Let's go. Remember, weapons at the ready, but not drawn. The inside is small and cramped with all sorts of magical components spread around the shop floor in baskets, tubs, containers, and pots alike. Behind a small desk is a wrinkly man who somewhat resembles a walnut with his bald head and squinting eyes. He is wearing a simple apron and dirtied gloves, sorting through various herbs on the counter into different pots. As you walk in, he says, Welcome, my friends. What can I do for you today? Hello, um, I'm here to pick up a component for Professor Morthargus. Uh, yes. He wants me to take it to him. You have some kind of identification. Yes, I have this brooch or whatever it was that you told me at the time <laughs> that I thought I'd written down. 
uh, the brooch or whatever it was at the time that I recognize very well. He goes into his book, uh, goes down a list of names with different items. There's a few items on a list and he sort of ticks off a general tick box, reaches under the desk and produces just a small box, a little wooden box um, from underneath the counter about the size of a notebook and, you know, a little, a little uh, thicker, obviously, to contain things. And he uh, says, four gold, please. All right. Because I, I think he gave me ten gold, right? And said he gave to you just seven gold. Seven. Cool. Yeah, oh, wow. over, he puts it into a little bag and bids you farewell. So here's the question. Because it doesn't track your adding. So did he give me seven gold and I added seven gold? I'm pretty sure, yes. Okay, so I'll, I will minus four. Well, I because I have. think I remember you doing it, and also whenever you're given money, you immediately write it down. That's <laughs> fair. In the back okay. of the store, Maisie's just digging through some tubs, and, like picking up yeah, weird there's, shit, yeah. just like oh, yeah. There's all sorts of strange things. Uh, some smell weird, some feel weird. Um, you know, liquids, solids, dusts, powders, uh, chunks. Uh, there's even a little section uh, which you can't quite tell if it's for pets or magical components because there's like snails and crickets and things that are similar to those, but you know, magical. Um, there's even like a fairly small tub full of tiny little <clears throat> fish. Uh, you have no idea what any of them are. Um, you have a feeling Neva might recognize some of it, but she's not. Can I roll to see what the weirdest thing in the shop is? You can, can you? Okay, give me <laughs> a investigation. Cool. Hold on. Get away from the Excel spreadsheet and go to my stats. Why not just ask him what the weirdest thing in the shop is? Because I want to roll. <laughs> and it gives Alex, a, while I'm floundering, it gives Alex a chance to think of something that's the weirdest thing in the shop. <laughs> Why would I do such a thing? You're going to make me uh, have to write it down later as well. 14. No, that's a 19. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm 21. Okay. Weird is subjective, of course. Yeah, uh, but the strangest thing you can't identify what it is, of course, but uh, fairly prominently on low down on one of the shelves. Uh, imagine kind of the shelves I'm thinking are uh, thick wooden planks with like piping as the shelf framing. <laughs> low down on a fairly large shelf, there's a potted plant, um, a long stalk which has. Uh, mostly dark green coloring and it's got that sort of furry texture you sometimes see on succulents with a little swirling randomly swirling stripe of a slightly darker green it's very subtle unless you really look down at it it comes up to just one big leaf uh, that leans over the side curls around ever so slightly and then a flower head that resembles something similar <laughs> to a locust. Uh, it feels as though the the head of it is too large it would tilt over but it must be a strong stalk but the colors are purpley pinky but then bluey and as you look at it you realize it's kind of pulsing with different colors like it's like the actual petals are fading through different colors swirling around and in the very center just slightly visible to a, a mostly closed flower you can see a glowing same sort of colors like bluey much brighter but bluey purpley uh, pinky colors, like glowing little orb that you can't quite tell, but you're not sure if you should touch it or not, seems to be sort of hovering in the center of this flower, which is cupped around it. Just before Maisie does something that she'd probably regret, 
<laughs> Grommel's walking out of the store. <laughs> yeah, like, Carla, oh, you see, go. you see Maisie <laughs> with a single finger, just like so uh, close. Yeah, uh, Maisie, Maisie, I, I wouldn't touch that if I were you. Why? What is it? Can I do a? Can I recognize it? Can I do a nature? Uh, give me a nature. See if you can recognize it. Although you know, it, you are not thinking it's likely. Nineteen. That's <clears> pretty good. You couldn't tell the name of it. Um, but you've seen similar magics in uh, practices back in Elizabeth. Um or at least you've seen that sort of glowing marble or something similar you think before, uh, which is used in quite powerful healing magics and other things like that, more positive magics. But you are also aware you've been told it can be extremely poisonous if handled incorrectly. Yeah, I, it's, I've, I recognize that sort of substance. It can be very useful, but it's also very toxic. So uh, mm. if you don't handle it right, it can uh, cause some uh, quite nasty damage. I, I wouldn't recommend playing around with it without the right equipment. All right. Uh, now that the business is concluded for the professor, uh, can we have a look at your inventory to, to see what you got for sale? Of course. Uh, you can have a look around. I mean, I don't have anything written down. This is more of a shop where you can say what you want and they'll likely have it. There's tons of it. Like, it's very cramped, but like tons of herbs and all sorts. It's very um, component-based, more the natural side of component-based. So if you wanted to say, I want to pick up just a bunch of components as we have them before, that you're welcome to do so. If you want anything in particular, you'll see what they have. I, I have a whole document of items that I want. I've just got to find it. <laughs> Uh, do they have uh, a Bloodwell vial uh, or any uh, shard, sorcerer shards? So they don't have shards, crystals and things like that. Larger ones, uh, not so much. What, what the hell is a blood? A blood what? A blood work? A Bloodwell vial. Basically, it's a vial that I put my blood into, um, and it makes me a better sorcerer and also. Uh, on short rests, uh, I can regain sorcerer points, etc. It comes in uncommon to very rare variants. Yeah. So those kinds of magical items, not so much. Like I said, it's more components and, and stuff. There's no real, like, magical items. Dang. <laughs> right, there are vials, but they're not special vials. They're just vials to put stuff in. <laughs> Useless to me. <laughs> uh, okay, thanks. Wait. Okay. I'll take some vials. If you want, each of the vials, um, there's all sorts of varying sizes. There's tiny little, uh, you know, sort of, um, you know, what, what you call them, like the tiny, tiny cylindrical ones. There's big, bulbous, round ones, which would be, like, difficult to carry. It really depends on what you I'll want. I'll take, like, various, like, five different sizes from, like, that kind of size down to teeny tiny. Sure. Um, with a reasonable amount of, of those, say, like, a couple of each of those sizes, uh, it would come to probably 10 gold they're quite expensive with like the glass especially with the larger ones the smaller ones are a lot cheaper but you want to you know some of the bigger ones they come to quite a lot um but it would be about 10 gold anymore. sure cool you pay the 10 gold he actually gets out this big sort of protective basket type thing with all sorts of uh, bits of the equivalent of like foam padded around it and places them all in and hands that over to you it's just really heavy you can carry it but a two-hour walk is going to be awful Mm. Just a load of glass, basically. <laughs> How many of them you got? Five. Thank you very much. Yeah, just one of five. Thanks. Because it so happens 
They're my new uh, braces. You are not attuned to the braces yet. How, how, how do you attune to them? Uh, 24 hours of possession and intent. 24 but, hours? Yeah, I believe so. Or is it a long rest? And you can do it over and a long rest or a short rest. It's normally just an hour. Oh, is it an hour? For normal attunement, but there's some weird attunement stuff that exists. Yeah, it's not a weird one. I will say a long rest. Okay. <clears throat> so I can't use the... Uh... That being said, you have possessed them since the previous day with knowledge of what they are. That is true. So if you want them to be attuned, <clears throat> they can be. Just take up an attunement stuff. Five glass vials of various sizes. Yeah. So if you want... What I'm saying is, if you want me to carry some of them in my... Because uh, my... Braces have like a sort of a small amount of bag of holding space. Mm-hmm. Sure, so I'll carry. give you. I'll give you the three bigger ones. I'll hold on to the two smaller ones. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the four smaller ones. I say the largest one you have is probably larger than. Actually, no. To be honest, they're a small weapon. It's like within like a short. <laughs> yeah, they're probably fine. So you just hold on to it, and then think that you want it to disappear and there's like this sort of twinkling swirl from the base of your hand that very it starts kind of slowly and then very quickly sort of just like and kind of like a magic trick it's just gone you're aware it's there those are eee. cool but it's just i like this uh, when we get back i'll have to uh, put it i think i'll put my mace in here for starters yeah okay. like your great swords and that kind of stuff wouldn't be able to fit but like one-handed weapons you'd be able I, to. I don't I, that's fine because i i don't have a great sword no, no, it's just so you're aware. Oh, they even uh, yeah, quite nice. Five of them. Uh, and yeah, they don't take up any weight when they're in there. Excellent, eh? Uh, Never know when some that... various containers could be useful. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to carry them for you. Right. Excellent. Okay. Well, so far, so good. Let's, uh, let's sit back. <laughs> okay. So, you, uh, where's my little thingy? <coughs> Just as a note, maybe uh, it's been uncharacter- like, uncharacteristically quiet <laughs> the whole walk there. Yeah. Are you alright, Macy? You seem a bit... Uh, You've been uncharacteristically quiet. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> How could you tell? It's very you, you just said it out loud. You just said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have been uncharacteristically quiet. <laughs> you just can't help but say it, can you? Yeah. It's the first thing you've said, like, in an hour. <laughs> no, just, hey, are you all right? You, you seem a bit down. It's just weird parent stuff. Oh, dear. Um, yes, it can be a bit uh, much sometimes, can they? Yeah, do, do you can ever you? catch your parents lying to you? Like, just obviously lying? Like, not even a good effort? Well, I exaggerate. No. Not lying. My, no. my, uh, my dad used to exaggerate a lot about how much he knew Flint. Mm. Other than that, you know. My mum hasn't lied to me in, in years, and uh, as far as I know, my, my father's never told me a lie. Would that be because you haven't met them at all? Uh, yeah, I've never met him, and she's dead, so... Uh, That's your thanks, thanks for bringing that up, amazing. <laughs> Way to rub it in that you've got parents who you talk, talk to. <laughs> That's not always a good thing. I wasn't trying to I'll rub it you. in, just trying to offload some what stuff. What are they lying to you about? Uh, you know, just 
where who I am or where who we are or something. I don't know. I I told you guys yeah, the, about the thing with my professor, right? Where she said that it's like that my brain stuff yes. could be genetic. Yeah. Yes, you're an I, alien. I believe was. Yeah, was the I topic. think those are the words that I said. Yeah. It's been a little while, like a day or two or something like that. So I've forgotten. But yeah, I, I asked them about that and my dad clearly knew something. And then my mom popped in and was like, uh, actually, no, you don't. And oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. But in my experience, parents tend to sort of hide things to try and help, help the kids. But, you know, not that's not kids. normally how it goes with my parents. Mm. I'm confused about what that has to do with your question though you you said that, how, that they're doing something hiding something that tells you like who you are what could your parents possibly know that would change what you know about yourself you know who you are right yeah but well there I, you go i don't know they don't know jack shit that could change that i mean on a, on a level yes but i don't know why my brain stuff happens or if it can control it or stuff like that so mm. I can see where you're coming from. It would be uh, disconcerting to think that uh, your parents had lied to you your entire life. Yeah. Have you had your brain stuff your whole life? I mean, no. It just kind of started happening like a year or two ago. Maybe you only became an alien a year or two ago. Did oh. anything happen around the same time? No. How would How would you become an alien? I don't know. I've never met an alien. Fair. You're the first one I've ever known. <laughs> Fair. So if you don't know, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, you could have been exposed to something, I suppose, that triggered it. Didn't it yes. happen a couple of years ago? No. Home well, you're in some kind of solar storm with three of your friends. No, home. Uh, perhaps you were dumped into a vat of something. Were you bitten by any kind of insect? <laughs> home is incredibly boring, so no. Okay, okay. Well, I think I'm going to rob my parents. You're going to rob them, do you say? Yeah. Not for money, okay. but to try to find, like, stuff that they have that could you wanna... answer those questions. I don't know. They probably, they hold on to a lot of stuff. They probably have it. Do they have any, I mean, you, you live in a big house with other people, right? Has anybody else in the house been there for a long time? Um... I guess a few of the staff members have, yeah. You could ask them. Right. You may know yeah. some. I don't know. I don't know. Which one to try? Do you, do you, I mean, excuse my bluntness with this, but do your parents like Neva more than they like you? Uh. <laughs> I mean, probably. I caused a lot of trouble for him, so. <laughs> and so she's always kind of, she, she's always kind of like looking out for you. Making sure that you're not getting into too much trouble, embarrassing the family name, reporting back on what you're doing. She probably knows. You probably told her. I don't I think she might knows. Do. No, Neva's like the only person in the family that I trust, aside from B. Yeah, how convenient for them. <laughs> you're not well, going to turn me against uh, my sister. Sure. Uh, I want, uh, I I'm just I, laying out all the possibilities. I, what I don't agree with Cromwell's uh, conclusion... At the same time, you never know. You could ask the, ask if uh, if uh, Neva's come across anything in the past that might have been innocuous, something I mean, she never even realised. She was there when I was talking to my parents, so she would have said something. And she seemed, honestly, more angry than I was about it. 
Hmm. Or maybe start off with a sort of what did you say? B. Yeah, she's our our nanny. <clears throat> it's got to be better than breaking in and trying to find stuff. You say not trying to rub it in. You got parents and a grandmother. <laughs> no, a caretaker. She's younger than both my parents. Oh, that kind of nanny. I see. Yes. Yeah. I don't understand, but that's fine. Uh, very wealthy. Sometimes have uh, sort of a a child carer who looks after their children for them. They She's pay probably... someone to be your parent. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. pretty much. Yeah, but that means she's probably quite close to you, I imagine. Mm -hmm. So she might be uh, a great place to start. Yeah, I'm not sure that they'd tell her anything though. Yeah, but if you're living in a house all that time, there's something must have. Uh, maybe she's seen something or heard something. You never know. I mean, you've got to think that if breaking is going to rob tricky, them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not really. I mean, I've done it before. But if you, I can't imagine that they if. if if they've got some big secret, they're going to be, they spent the last ever knows how many years hiding it. You're not going to walk in and just find it, are you? I might. <clears throat> what, what weren't you allowed to do as kids? What weren't we allowed to do? Yeah. Where weren't you allowed to go? I mean, we weren't supposed to do a lot, but we did it anyway. Okay, so what, what, what weren't you allowed to do that you didn't do? Or that you got in the most trouble for? Um... Well, they were really mad when we started when I started hanging out with kids that weren't in like the family circle. They were really pissed okay. about that. Um, I ran away once. They honestly, B was more upset than my parents were about that. They just kind of handed out the punishment and said, "Go sit in your room." But um, sorry, you ran away, and your punishment was to spend time unsupervised. No, no. wonder they had to pay someone to be a parent. It's, that's just incompetent it's it, it's hard to explain because there's you'll just get mad if i explain more i don't know like what they, they there wasn't like anything in the house that we were supposed to avoid but i guess we were just kind of guided around then you're probably not going to find anything at your house mm. otherwise it would have been like no whatever you do don't go there don't look in this drawer that would be really obvious, huh? Yeah. Hmm. But that's kind of the level I just have to assume that your parents are operating at, given the context that you've given me. I mean, if I had that, their kind of money, I'd have... Bank a bank? Another house somewhere. Safety deposit box? I have to rob a bank? No, no. That you could rob your parents. You could not currently rob a bank. No robbing banks, no. No, no, not not that you not that you. Thanks, you can't guys. Do it this chat has been immoral. really helpful. You can't no. do it because you're not good enough to. <laughs> Maybe <Okay>. walks on. <laughs> yeah. You heard, you heard that, Cal. I am unimpeachable in this situation. I do you, think everything that went down. I did not encourage. Oh Maybe. dear. Go wrong bank. I think I'm getting one of my headaches. Eventually. You make your way back to uh, the apartments. Neva, uh, you're probably studying whilst everyone's gone. You would have been told by yep. Jameth that they went off to do something. So you'd be studying away, being the grade A student that you are. Um, hopeful grade A. Hopeful. You seem to be doing quite well so far. Uh, making notes on the interesting things you learnt in botany. And eventually, uh, the, the industry industry all <laughs> the industry, exactly. 
they all walk back in um, with the little with the little box. Uh, now, are you going to immediately go off and hand the box off, or, or what? Uh, well, you, what time? If, if it's when I know the Morthogs is opening, it, or like office hours are, then yes. If not, it's then no. not an office hour. But then you don't know whether or not he wants. Like you know how to get to him, and it's not. But it's not an office hour. I'll wait till an office hour. Sure. So you just put it down on the side. In my room. Under the pillow. Sure. It raises the pillow up. <laughs> um, cool. Makes it clearer uh, if someone kneels, uh, nicks it. The, I think the next time you'd see him naturally would be next Tuesday. That's fine. Cool. Uh, I think that was the plan anyway. That's when he's. I think he's expecting to get it on one of the one-on-one Cromwell Morthagus special times. Special. <coughs> uh, the only other thing to happen before the weekend is Maisie. You have another uh, meeting with Professor Gunther, of course. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I. That's the other thing I wanted to do. Four o'clock on Thursday. You have just finished off uh, the school day, although you would have finished off your school day earlier, a lot yeah. earlier, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, at about three o'clock. I think Thursday's and, a short uh, day. It is a short day. Wednesday's a short day. But yes, it. Uh, you step in, and it's a fairly standard uh, lesson, at least to begin with, before, you know, I'm assuming you bring anything up. Mm -hmm. I said lesson. You well, I, I imagine the way she goes into the office is suspicious. I think she goes in and like closes the door and puts her back up into the door and it's like, I'm so sorry. My parents might be after you. She looks at you and it's not a uh, concern for herself. You can tell that she is the standard sort of like psychologist face of just like how am I going to approach this? <laughs> What's about no. to happen? You know? Maisie sees that look on her face like, no, 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 no. You're not going to turn this back around on me. This is about you now. <laughs> You're about to be prescribed something, so. <laughs> okay. With the assumption that you truly believe what you are saying, would you like to explain why? Well, after our talk on Tuesday, and you're saying that it may be genetic, I asked my parents, and then... They got really defensive and secretive, uh, clearly lying about something. And my mom started asking who who the professor is that's helping me. I didn't give them your name, but they're very resourceful, and they obviously know what school I'm going to, so they're probably going to figure out that you're the psychology professor and that I'm taking your class. And, yeah. You can see that whilst you're saying that, this kind smile comes across her face. Uh, and she says, I appreciate your concern. Uh, you would not be the first student to have frustrated parents. I did not mean, of course, to impede on what may be a lie, but I have told you nothing but the truth. If your parents wish to come after me, that is my business. But I think you'll find, regardless of how many resources or the amount of money they can push, I am protected, especially with our dean. That's good to My hear. job will not be on the way. Good. That said, if you don't want to help me anymore, I understand. I'm more than interested in helping you still. Okay, cool. Your parents do not scare me. First time I've heard that. So you think they're lying <clears throat> to you about something? Which oh, is definitely lying. of course. I am unable to help you with that, of course. 
I will be interested to see if you discover what is the case, but I do not want you to put yourself into a emotionally compromising situation. These things do t tend to come out eventually. I don't want you to think that you have to push yourself mentally further than you are prepared to go, further than you may realize you are ready to go. So you'd recommend me not asking how I could um, push myself further so I can learn how to read their minds when I go home over break? I think attempting to read your parents' mind is possibly a mistake. I do not know your home life, of course. I do not presume to know anything that goes on in your house, but I think you'll find honesty is a good place to start, even if it is not being reciprocated. If you fight lies with lies and find yourself in a war of subtlety and subterfuge, you'll only <clears throat> end with negativity. A lack of trust or someone will be hurt, even if they never meant to hurt you or you never meant to hurt them. I am not suggesting you don't pry into this. I am suggesting before you do so, you assess yourself mentally and ask whether or not you are ready to know something that you may not want to know. Fair, I hadn't that, thought that far ahead yet. It is easy to be rash, especially when you are frustrated, possibly even angry. <coughs> but do not rush to an answer that cannot be reversed. Hmm. Is it possible that this weird brain stuff could cause weird dreams well i mean i don't truly know the source nor do i know the extent of what is happening with you are you having nightmares or strange dreams um kind of i think it was more of a vision because i was awake okay would you like to explain the vision i mean it was it was weird and probably didn't mean anything at all it's, it's just you never know. Um, she'll pull out her diary because she's having trouble remembering yeah. at this point. Uh, there was a weird hooded figure with like a face of pure darkness and two daggers that was standing over a, a dead body that was both... Their, their skin was gray and they had white hair and they called out my name. That's all I can mm -hmm. really remember at that, this point. But Well, in any usual situation, I would consult a dream guide usually what you see re reflects what you're thinking but in your case this could be related more to your gifts it's hard to analyze without without more hopefully this never happens again but if it does i would be interested to see if there is anything recurring mm. it may be worth seeing if you can find if the people you're seeing actually exist whether they are recreations of people you think you've seen or just figures made up in your mind who are representing a struggle that you're having. Alright. What do you think it means that I was awake for it? I was sitting, apparently I was sitting there like catatonic for like a minute. People can sleepwalk. Sometimes the signals whilst you're dreaming can get mixed up and make you move thinking that you're still dreaming. It could be trance-like. It was very early in the morning. <laughs> I would stay aware. 
and see if any of these feelings come back, see if it happens again. <clears throat> and like I say, possibly see if maybe there's old relations, old friends, anyone who would fit the descriptions of these people. Personally, I would say if you're seeing a figure with a completely hidden face, you're possibly repressing memories or the image of someone that you don't want to know anymore. But mm. I don't know. All right. Okay. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> you you round up the uh, the rest of the session and do eventually go back. Probably again quite silent, thinking, 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 thinking. You know, reflecting on who you are. Um. Yes, and unless you go back to talk to anyone, not that I'm assuming you would particularly. No, I'm good now. Cool. Eventually, Saturday comes around, and two things happen on Saturday. Excuse me, on Saturday. The first of which. Neva, you are extremely excited. Not because of homework, but because it's the day that you get access back to your family card. Oh, yeah! <laughs> uh, of course, maybe you'd wake up having no idea this is a thing until you're reminded by Neva. Mm -hmm. um, it has been so long. <laughs> I can finally spend again. The second thing that happens on this Saturday. Open my thing. Saturday morning is a... Can you tell when I go into the things I've written down? <laughs> Saturday morning is a brisk, frosty day with a thin fog hanging low to the ground. As you walk outside, you can see, or possibly when you look out the window first, you see a crowd of... Or a crown of students. A crowd of students seemingly marveling at something in the sky. <clears throat> As you look up, you see, and which of you do you think would know the most about, like, science-y slash the equivalent of knowing about cars? Um, Maisie would possibly... Me and Excuse me, my Google, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Wait, is this being a car person like someone who watches a lot of Top Gear, or a car person as in someone who knows how the internal combustion engine works? Uh, more of a Top Gear kind. Okay. I, would, I was going to say probably Maisie. <laughs> Yeah. Nah. Listen, I know Rowan doesn't like cars, but Maisie nah. possibly. Yeah, nah. I would see Maisie. Nah. <clears throat> Maisie's definitely a motorbike kind of chick, and that is yeah. the closest thing we have to cars, which is the closest <laughs> thing we have to whatever's in the sky. Regardless, <laughs> you'd probably recognize uh, Maisie. You'd be the one to exclaim it as you look up and see a Peritel Rebound Mark IV, which is a gigantic, well, a medium-sized airship. Uh, it's this very long, uh, mid-sized, kind of, uh, um, what would be the best way? Kind of like the equivalent of a, a, a leisure boat. Uh, I say pleasure, but a leisure boat. <laughs> um, which is a distant descendant of an old Echo-class ship, which you would all know notably. In fact, uh, Neva would probably bring this up, which is notably what the Falcon was, of course, what the Strangelings used to travel around in. Uh, the first ship on gel to use Capril E, which is an experimental hyperfuel that is no longer used. You recognize all of that stuff. And I'm going to read what I have here, because as much as your characters may or may not know, I, I want to read this out regardless. <laughs> this ship is one of the most fancy mid-sized ships on the market, usually uh, normally used for transport of notable personnel, but can be used for high-expense cargo transport if needed. The ship uses 
brace yourself for this one. The ship uses a 20EL DS8 repellent levitation system alongside a 200DP dual crystal hypercruise aerosene engine at the rear. Only. And Maisie is spewing all of this out. <laughs> Maisie just going there like this. You know, you know what? No, I know exactly. And, and letting it all just. I know exactly who's saying the, the, the technical stuff. That's Jameth. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Look at that. It's a, it's a, it's got the 20 years, <laughs> and you're like, uh-huh. It's, it's an airship. Yes. It? <laughs> so it's yes. a very powerful airship that can go really, pretty fast. It's mid-size. It's one of the faster mid-size. It's very fancy. Uh, and the two of you would know exactly, uh, sorry, should I say the two sisters would know exactly what it's like because you see on the side in golden cursive glistening in the sunlight is the name the emperor which is one of your parents cargo ships um it's it's very very long white sort of all over very fancy these gold accents as you know these don't have sails but it's like this big engine it's just hanging in the sky as you walk out and underneath a very familiar airship teleport teleportation circle projects onto the ground in front of you. Right Maisie was very prepared for this day and is wearing a hoodie and hiding her face. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh my god, because this, this is a hell of a thing. Like this, this is a, you know, like 100,000 gold ship or more, maybe 500,000 gold ship. Like it's extremely, like OTT as well for a cargo ship. Well, Neve is just like, oh my god, they sent the Emperor, that's not the one I wanted. <laughs> You're expecting like a small sweep or something, you know, like a... <laughs> that's not the car I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the convertible! <laughs> so somewhere on there is a box that looks like it could hold like a stone maybe the size of an apple. Yeah. No, no, you'll find, you'll find a ship that's been destroyed and that will have on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, anyway. That's a very impressive ship. Is, is that to, to Come on, hurry! Too? We have to go. Don't want people yeah, looking at us any longer than we have ship. to. Come on. Uh, so, any airships that the uh, the other two of you would have boarded before, if any, uh, they're manual boarding. They either land in the water or close to the ground, and you climb up a ladder or like a ramp or something. You would not be too familiar with this. It's just a projected. It's a projected light on the ground that has a fancy circular border, and in the middle mm -hmm. is the logo of your parents' company. They're going to need a really long rope ladder. No, yeah, no. we don't have you seen that? Have you seen that torch thing on the ground there? Is that your Is that your uh, your parents' company? Uh... Yeah, that, that's the one company. Wow. If you stand on it, we'll go up to the ship. Oh, no, they stand on what? On there? The logo. Yeah. I thought Maisie, people weren't allowed to teleport long distances. Maisie walks in and just, just disappears. Oh! Neither will just go in as well okay. and just leave them to marvel. Okay. There's a bit of like a sparkle, just like a, a residual sort of dust being blasted up. Well, gotta try this. You coming, Crumbell? Uh, you go first. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, yes, Cal will go into the circle. You walk into it and woof, your entire body feels like it was launched physically upwards at like 300 miles an hour. It's very disconcerting as your body, you almost feel like your limbs separating from your body, your head is spinning, <laughs> you have no idea what is up, what is down. You suddenly appear on an airship with someone standing in front of you with a bucket that you immediately vomit into. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh god! Oh. What the hell was that? That's how we get on the ship. Wow! Oh god! Is it always like that? Oh my god. 
You get used to uh, it. Does uh, Jameth follows uh, as you step forward, stumbling out of the way? Jameth appears and <laughs> just all <laughs> vomits. Uh, and the last one, of course, left on the ground. Yeah, is there still a crowd down at the bottom? Yeah, they're now all turned around. They're looking at this like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> You're just disappearing. It's I like will. One, uh... person, one person runs over and stands in it, but nothing happens because <laughs> it's just... triggered teleport. And how high off the ground is this, is this thing? Oh, probably. 200 feet, 300 feet. It's, oh, it's, quite, it's very high up. That's fine. No problem. Uh, I'm just going to clear my throat, uh, get everyone's attention, <laughs> and say, um, <clears throat> if uh, anyone would like some more information about this ship or the people who've just gotten on it, uh, leave a note for Cromwell Beckman with a 10 gold deposit at the Student Union with your contact details. <laughs> Give me a deception. <laughs> right now. What, what, am I, what am I deceiving these people about here? <laughs> Knowing things. You, uh, this is for the confidence of saying this in a way that they would believe that you're telling the truth. Sure. Or a persuasion, uh, if you want, because it's not deceiving, if, if, you, uh, if you believe that. Can we roll yeah, my, my thing is to tell them what I know, which is not a lot. Okay, so give, give persuasion instead, then. Uh, 17. That's pretty good. <laughs> not everyone believes, but a lot of people are like, Okay, Tinkle's pretty steep, but you know, I'm interested. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this Beckman. Is around. Beckman is two ends, uh, just to, and then I'll, I'll get in the thing. <laughs> yeah, and the same thing, you get warped upwards. It's very, very disorienting. Get to the other end, and again with the bucket, just <laughs> out come your insides. We should have really warned you about that. Yeah, that would have been nice, actually. Oh, yes, did we not? Nice. No. Well, oh, at least sure. I didn't. Nobody mentioned anything about vomiting, if I, as I remember. Sorry. Well, we don't vomit, you see, because we're so used to it. I kind of oh. forgot to tell you guys. Oh, yeah. How long did it take you to get used to it? Okay, now that sounds like rubbing it in, Eva. Sorry, didn't mean to rub it in. I mean, we've been without rubbing it in going on these from a very young age, so I don't remember how long it took. Well, well, lucky all you, that's what I can see. Any chance of a glass of water? Um, well, as you look around, the ship is so extremely fancy. Feeling more like a cruise ship than a cargo ship. There's not a big swimming pool, but like the the wood on the ground is, is extremely high quality. The trim, everything is just, you know, a thousand. Like you, you feel like the handrails, like every square meter of handrail probably costs like a thousand gold or something stupid. It's just insanely high end. Um, but, you know, amazing, Neva, you're not surprised. You've been on this ship before. It's how your parents do things. Uh, once you're all on board, a servant dressed in a fancy suit comes over and offers you some refreshments, has a little tray of some, like, juices and, and waters and things, um, which, of course, you oh. are able to take, and guides you towards the captain of the ship, uh, you know, towards the, uh, the, 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 whatever you'd call it, the captain's bit, captain's quarters, that'll work. You vaguely recognize, the sisters vaguely recognize, uh, and Neva would probably remember the name, Captain Rallin Karth, a tiefling retired from the Ferron Air Force. Well decorated, and in both Maisie and Neva's eyes, pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, he has this inherent authority around him with a stern face, sharp cheekbones that give you confidence that you are in safe hands. And he doesn't necessarily ignore the rest of you, but mostly addresses the, the, the two sisters and says, Good morning, girls. I have been assigned to transport you today in the Emperor. What's Pick up. Uh, Rallin Karth, R-A-L-I-N, 
C-A-R-T-H. It's kind of how you'd expect it. Brandon, do, do you know anything Brandon. about do you know anything about our family being aliens? <laughs> I am not in a position to say anything on the family. Cool. I must warn you. The animal you are I have been informed that you are looking for is extremely protected with good reason. It's a highly poached animal, even though it is hard to look for, so we've taken the appropriate steps to secure ourselves legally in this little quest of yours. On board the ship, we have two officers from the GBPA, <clears throat> Global Bestial Protection Agency, and a zoologist, all of which are here to ensure that we do not endanger the space guppies and help us to safely capture and study one. So if one died... Sorry to pipe up from down here. So if one of them died on this trip, it would be incredibly bad for, like, them specifically the officers, everyone aboard, the family, the company, what kind of scale of disaster are we talking about here? It is a, depending on the situation, uh, at the very least, a prisonable offense. If it is an accidental death, there are more lenient punishments, if you can prove such, but generally, the death of a space guppy is a disaster for most involved, and the company's reputation would be tarnished. Oh, wow. Didn't you have other choices for this, Neva? No, I'm just saying, like, didn't you have other choices? Couldn't you have, like, gone to the forest or something? I'm yeah, just... How many other people would have been able to do this? Well, it sounds, is... like, it sounds like there's not a good reason to do this. <laughs> yeah, I can't... I honestly can't believe your professors um, had this as an option. I that don't means... think he... That means that if you capture it and you it and you don't look after it, we're all going to jail. Well, that's why we've got people from the GBPA and the zoologist with us. Well, I for one am fascinated to see this creature. It sounds uh, obviously very rare and very uh, very interesting. How different is it to a regular guppy? Extremely. Okay, that's fine. Because I was going to say if you know if it's just a guppy that's like on the table instead of in the water, well, you know, I could have done that. Well, I have not personally met one myself, but I have seen images and heard of them. Oh. I, could we see an image so that we know what to look out for? I do not have one with me, but we will be able to recognize them from the zoologist's information. Okay. Where are the people from the GBPA? They are on deck currently, uh, or possibly uh, resting. Okay, I wouldn't mind talking to them as we... You're welcome to. As usual, you are free to wander around the ship, but please do not enter anywhere that says authorized personnel only. We won't. Will we, guys? <clears throat> I Don't go there. somewhere that says authorized personnel only? Yes. Yep. Uh, right. Would you show us where those areas are so that we don't wander in, or they are they clearly signposted? They don't go there. They are clearly signposted. Okay, well, that's fine. As a reminder, yeah, what part of the ship are all like the the transport <clears throat> files and whatnot stored in? The transport files? This is Alex. What do you mean by transport? It's a, files? It's a cargo ship. Isn't it? <clears throat> oh, you mean the cargo? Like manifest? manifest yeah. Um, well, the manifest stays with me. Oh, okay. I am aware this would not be the first time you've attempted to steal a manifest. Why would you want to steal a manifest? It's yeah, I'm sure if we just ask you, you want to you'll tell us what you're carrying. And at the moment, that's just like us, right? Currently, there is no 
cargo on board other than yourself. Yeah. Plus uh, food, water, other necessary rations, and... No cargo at all? Tools for helping with your uh, with your quest. There is no cargo on board other than what I have mentioned. Captain, how much is this trip costing? I would say that this trip would, all in all, cost the company somewhere between fifteen and twenty thousand gold. Yeah, because it's not—it's not just the cost of like fuel and stuff. It's the cost of not having you on on a on a cargo trip. Uh, if we take in the deficit of the ship not being used for others uh, other uses, then it would be higher. Twenty-five thousand, so, maybe. So twenty-five thousand gold is the cost of this. Around. Well, so. that's pretty impressive. Why? Neither. Why if if you that? don't ace, if you don't ace this project, I think your parents are going to disown you. I don't think they'd really be bothered, to be honest. But they would. That's be incredibly upsetting. <laughs> but they wouldn't be bothered about the money lost. The Montgomery Cartwright family is especially interested in in ensuring the uh, high results of a university degree from. Girls, and I think, yeah. I think having seen Diva's work up to now, I think she can be pretty sure she's gonna ace the test. No, if you wouldn't mind, I have to get the ship going on our trip. We have a half hour trip to get to what is the uh, supposed location, we may have to move from there. Please get yourself comfortable, do what you need. Well, thank you very I'll much. Make an announcement when oh. we are about to find or in the location <clears throat> of the animal in question. Oh, well, I sure well, okay, okay. I'm going to go and stand, uh, I'm going to stand by the side, look over the side. Not sure. Over the side, just looking down. <clears throat> You've been on an airship before, so it's not too yeah. much of a thing to look over, but it's still very impressive every single time. You know, it's not something you've done again and again and again. Um, again, as you walk around, just everything's just so, you know, fancy. Everyone's dressed really That's fancy, good. you know, um, you can see that the uh, the actual uh, uh, piloting place has got a proper name. What would you call that? The helm. The house? The helm. Yeah, the yeah. helm, that sort of thing. It's an enclosed area with this massive, like, uh, almost 360 glass window, which has a little sheen to it, which you're thinking means it's probably quite, you know, a little bit magical, uh, with a bunch of people doing all sorts of things. Um, and the... Um, staff all walking around they avoid you some you know every now and again come over just making sure if you want any snacks or any food or anything others are checking on things cleaning things it's just like a whole operation there must be you know a solid a crew of maybe 25 maybe constantly around or at least the ones you can see uh so yeah it's impressive i'm asking any of the ones that i know have been around for a while if they know anything about the family being aliens <laughs> no one like and you'd be very used to this no one is going to put an ill word to the family, but they also, they give you like almost the same response every time that they're not allowed to talk about the family because, you know, technically you are everyone on this ship's superior, you know, um, but only from like a, like a civilian and military kind of way rather than you can actually tell them what to do. You know, they're just like, oh, you know, oh, I wouldn't want to say, you know, I can't talk about them, blah, blah, blah. Avoiding topics. This sort of thing. <clears throat> Easy. What? Why do you keep asking people if if you're a family of aliens? I don't know. Not the, all these people have been around longer than I have, so they might know something that I don't. True, but surely, I mean, if you keep asking everybody you meet, isn't that going to go back to your parents? Yeah, probably, but I want them to know that I'm asking. Fair enough. 
as the uh, as you sort of start walking off, the ship raises up into the air, and this is a feeling that Carly you would not be as used to is the acceleration of such a ship. You can see as you look around. In fact, give me give me a perception, uh, both um, Cromwell and Carly. Twelve. Twelve. Twenty. Twenty. Ooh. With a twenty, you notice. With a twelve, you do not. Or at least you notice just a little bit too late. With a twenty, you notice as the engine starts to sort of, you can hear this hum just get louder and louder and louder. You see everyone sort of stops and braces. It's almost like a natural thing. None of them really seem to be thinking about it. They just sort of get themselves into position and ready. And you you copy. Um, Carly, you only notice just as just at the last second you're like wait why is everyone like stopped as it goes and just accelerates with this extremely huge acceleration you're just launched backwards <laughs> falling onto your ass <laughs> you know uh you and james i would say probably also just <laughs> the ground oh, <laughs> as everyone else obviously braces <clears throat> themselves for it and and the, the two uh, girls as well you would have instinctively wouldn't even think about it just sort of braced as it launches uh, off into the sky, uh, reaching a cruising speed of something around 250 miles an hour. You know, it's, well, it's very fast. Uh, ground beneath is zooming past. That's impressive. I wasn't expecting that. Ow. I didn't realize that your family was so closely tied with Cougar Arm. Hmm? Whose family? What well, the, do you mean? The twin. That's the only empire on the planet, right? This is the emperor, so it's named for the it's emperor. Probably just named that because it's a name my parents liked, and we are not twins. <laughs> but dad's not the brightest bulb in the box. He doesn't. He hears fancy words and doesn't, you know, think about where they come from. Yeah, I mean, I I do know Kugram a little bit, and I, they've got nothing like this that I've seen. Yeah, but you know, bit of battery, bit of license, you know. Over Kugram, you would have, or should I see, in the distance from Kugram, you're more likely to see battleships. So they're not anywhere exactly. as fancy, and they are sometimes bigger and beefier. You wouldn't, I wouldn't have seen this sort of thing, like a, a fancy yacht. Mm. So you're saying that your father, the head of an incredibly successful company, named this the Emperor not to get in with the Kugram authorities, but because yeah. he's stupid. Yes, because it sounded that, cool yeah. and fancy, and like it was had a lot of money. Yeah, sounds very. Think, yeah. Implausible. <laughs> I don't think you get in with the emperor by calling your. I don't think you get in with the emperor by calling your ship the emperor. You'd be more likely to say why you use my name. I think he's not known for his uh, winning personality. It's not. It's not like a flattery thing. No, not really. Not unless you asked him first, possibly. Hmm. Suspicious. <laughs> yes, possibly not. I think Emperor just sounds good. Do Emperor so, penguins exist on Shell, Alex? No. <laughs> that eliminates one possibility. <laughs> There's probably something else called an Emperor or something, I don't know. <laughs> you wouldn't know either. Um, so, uh, you said you wanted to talk to the zoologist. Yeah, yeah. Well, quick question. Yes. I can't remember if Jay did. Um... Are they in the same classes as me? Theory on studies. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, they are. Cool. Yes, so you want, want to go... you want to talk to them? Yeah. Well, I want to go talk to the uh, people from the protection 
<laughs> do you remember the GBPA, the Global Bestial Protection Agency? Yeah, yeah. So I've got it go written down. down. You go down. Nice. You go down into the um, sort of um, oh, what would you call it? Kind of like a like a lounge area. Very fancy. There's a bar. There's a you know gentle jazzy music playing as you sort of walk in. Um, it's you know a nice temperature. There's a good windows along the side that show you you know what's going on. Uh, some little sort of window screens as well that show what's going on. Like, down on the grounds, so you can kind of just, just enjoyable sort of uh, visuals. And there's a couple people milling around, a couple of which you can see are dressed in very similar uniforms, not identical, but very similar uniforms. Um, but they're the only ones that seem to have any kind of uniform other than the ship's uniform. So you would make an assumption that those are your GBPA uh, agents. Um, excuse me. Do you mind if yes. I of course. The one who talks to you is a, is a woman. Uh, one is uh, elven and one is humanoid, uh, or at least looks human. Um, they're both humanoid. And uh, neither of them are, like, particularly notable in looks. They're not, like, big and buff. They're not got scars. They're just, you know, fairly average-looking people, light enough skin, um, just sort of sitting, generally talking to each other, uh, both women. Uh, but uh, the human woman talks to you. Yeah, of course. Take a seat if you wish, uh, Neither, I, I believe. Yes, it is. Thank you. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you for helping out with this quest, Vaz. Yes. Um, of course, we are always keen to help out with uh, helping when it comes to endangerment, endangerment and stuff. It does help, of course, that donations come our way, and uh, we are legally required to be here for such a trip. But, of course, we are also here by uh, uh, us personally, by a volunteer basis. I hope you don't mind me asking this. It's just that, obviously, after uni, I will be looking into careers and everything. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering what skill sets I would need if I wanted to join the GPPA. Well, it depends on what area you want to join into. I mean, we have a complete operation going on. So we have, you know, people in legal systems. We have people with operational systems. Uh, I have a feeling, as most do that come this way, you're more interested in actual protection and looking after animals, something similar to what we're doing here, uh, or, you know, uh, looking after or researching uh, beasts uh, around the world. The... I mean, the quickest route to come into something like this is to have a specialization in some kind of uh, bestial studies, whether it be Therion, bestial, something along those lines that gives you a good basis in understanding the animals of gel, how they work. Um, it also helps to have uh, some sort of work experience, whether it be in some sort of veterinary area or, uh, you know, some sort of a thing for the GBPA. Not very often we take on uh, work experience, but you know, we do sometimes, or apprenticeships also quite helpful uh, but all of which usually come alongside some sort of an interview that will prove your knowledge there'll be tests and things to make sure you can help and then you'll start low down you, you aren't going to be uh, helping capture space guppies off the off the bat but you may be in farms or other areas who are contain or zoos that contain rare animals helping under somebody else's leadership to protect and research if that is necessary okay thank you about uh, but knowing that you're from the university, the best thing you can do is get a good degree. I am definitely trying to, hence this trip. Well, hopefully we'll help. Uh, of course, we're going to be taking our own research details as well. 
it's not very often we get to go up to such a height um, as much as we are a large uh, a large charity and uh, agency there's not a lot of money to pay for airship travel especially of this caliber well obviously this is legally required to have you with us for this one but if i shall ever do any more research for my university i will see if the gbpa will come with us that's very kind they may not always be needed and we may not not to put it rudely we may not be interested in the animal that you are going towards but Obviously. if it is something that will give us you know, valuable information then we may take you up on that thank you for the information of course um just so you're aware obviously when we get closer viewing from a distance that's fine when it comes to getting closer uh myself and my co-worker and of course that wonderful zoologist we will be taking over slightly i don't yeah. want it to feel like we're being too controlling but there are certain ways to handle animals especially like space guppies if you handle them incorrectly you can damage uh, the way that they fly uh they could be unable to you know, be released back out. And there is a certain, le a certain level of stress you have to manage, not just from the one that you're going to capture, but from the rest of the school as well. Uh, they can become very stressed when one is missing. So I am very we will be very we... particular about how we do this. Yes. Um, just let me and Jay know how much we can and can't do. Mm -hmm. You will we always be allowed to observe. Uh, and if we feel it is a appropriate position, we may allow you to sort of interact a little bit with uh, what is going down. Thank you very much. Of course. But that'll be mostly the zoologist who takes uh, control of those sides of things. If they say you're not allowed, you will have to respect that. Yes, indeed. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. And uh, they get back to sort of, you know, waiting around, doing their own thing. Um, and eventually, after a good while, you, you you breach above a cloud layer. And, you know, a notification comes out that you're going to be hopefully seeing some space guppies soon. And so you'll go out onto the deck, have a look out. And at this point, you could just see a sea of clouds, the, the, the bright sky above, the two suns shining brightly above you. Oh. And it takes a few minutes, but eventually breaching through the cloud layer, like almost like a whale breaching uh, the water, you see a gigantic school of maybe 100, 200 of these, too distant to get the particulars, but these fish-like creatures just blast up and through and start doing these amazing sort of uh, swirling movements uh, in real life if you've ever seen like birds that do these sort of like uh, movements where they make these shapes in the sky it's that sort of thing as they loop around they zoom past murmurations there you go good word uh, switching changing directions and uh, the ship comes to a stop and you can see as the ship comes to a stop and as they come around and sort of loop around the ship they are going extremely fast uh, like about as fast as your ship would have been going when you were cruising. They're just zooming around, slowing down a little bit, and then zooming off again, doing these wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful movements. Um, as they zoom past, you can see uh, they have a very interesting look to them. And I'm going to send you uh, a thing and to sort of step out of the game slightly. All of the information, other than adjusting it to fit into the world for this, uh, was created by Sarah. Um, 
so this is her little, her little world, uh, including, once Discord opens, like I send it, uh, a picture that she drew. So. Sarah likes D&D now? Sarah likes animals. <laughs> Not the D&D side. Uh, I, Sorry, um, Ron. I think that means that Sarah should DM the uh, Pokemon campaign. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, a wonderful little image I will send over. Discord's being extremely laggy on this PC for some reason. Uh, there we go. So, as they zoom past, you can see there's there, this wonderful, almost like torpedo-shaped uh, <clears throat> creature, sort of like a fish, um, like a long teardrop shape, very shiny silver in in color, with a blue tail fin at the back, and this very weirdly sort of open mouth uh, at the front. Their eyes are long across the body. That, that whole black bit that you can see, that's an entire eye. It's not like a circular eye with some markings. It is a uh, almost triangular teardrop long eye across the body as they zoom around. But weirdly, you can tell that they're not using any kind of fin to uh, move through the sky. They do uh, weave back and forth, but it's not like that's propelling them. The propellant is... Almost <laughs> there you go. It's very, it's very, very similar to Joe's just over as a Pokemon. It's it a Timpole. Like, just look a little bit like that. No, sorry, not Timpole. Tynamo. Um, she didn't get the simplest. Anyway, it zooms through the sky. You can see that there's almost like mini explosions coming from what look like natural exhaust pipes on the side as they blast <laughs> forwards through this sky. Um, and then, and it's, 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 it is one of the most glorious things you've ever seen you've seen magic and that's obviously obviously always glorious but like this sort of natural almost phenomenon 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 of these things gliding through the sky with little worry about you and your ship uh is is especially amazing yeah. maybe wow. below deck looking for an authorized personnel only door <laughs> of course you are. Neva's trying to do her best to quickly sketch them in their like formations. Yeah. So you're um so the way I'm gonna do this is I'm gonna let you sort of suggest anything that you wanna do at this point, uh, and I will potentially give you the roles for it. So with that, I mean obviously, um give me a uh what role do I wanna do? I'm trying to work work out whether I wanna do nature or No, I think we will go with a performance. That's kind of what we put towards drawing and have done in the past. So shoot me a performance to see how well you can sketch it down. Rowan, I like these dice. <laughs> That's a 21. Oh, Ooh, 21 nice. is beautiful. Uh, keep, take notes of everything I say, because I'm not going to for now, and then it will sort of result how the you know how well you do later um so yeah you get a you get a quite a wonderful sketch of it it's pretty accurate um noted by the fact that nearby the zoologist is like yeah that's that's a pretty good pretty good sketch of it uh, they're not giving you like cheating information they're just sort of looking at what you do and it, it's a pretty solid like uh eight and a half out of ten for accuracy considering they're zooming past um so it, there's there's a, there's a pause five minutes or so of just watching them fly around um, so give me a, just for this generic sort of part, give me a perception roll and see how much information I'm going to give you about sort of the things that they do and you know, what you notice about them. How close are they getting to us? Pretty close. Not close enough that you could touch them. Um, but I'd say within 
20 feet above, because you know, there's no masts, so they can like fly across the top, like within about 20 feet, maybe a little closer, varying distances. Like, it doesn't seem like they're worried about this at your existence at all. Excellent. What am I rolling now? Uh, just a perception. It's <laughs> when Cromwell gets everybody arrested. <laughs> uh, that's a nine. I don't like my normal dice. <laughs> <laughs> With a nine, you don't get much. I'd say when it comes to writing about the movement uh, that they take, the sort of movement and speed, you don't get a lot. I'd say give like a like a three out of ten for accuracy on that. You you can tell that they sort of you know move around left and right um but at least at the moment you can't really tell how they're moving or if there's any specific patterns or at least their speed you're guessing they're going somewhere between 200 and 300 miles an hour pretty large scope as to how fast that would actually be um so after they've gone around for a bit you see the zoologist the two uh, uh, agency workers and everyone sort of like looking around having a little bit of a meeting and you can overhear them you, you, they're not going to block you from going over there they you can overhear them talking about what they're going to do how they're going to capture and uh their safest methodology being they're going to try and match the speed of some of these uh um when they go on like a straight path try and match the speed of the space guppies and put out to the side something they brought with them which is an iron net uh, which they're going to try and gently put around one of the uh, uh one maybe a couple of them but one of the space guppies and if they do match the speed it shouldn't do too much damage they'll try and draw it in and then safely put it inside of like a sort of a bit of a holding chamber whilst putting a little bit of um uh safe but like gas inside there to calm it down calm its nerves so that's the sort of discussion that's going on at the moment how intelligent uh, are these things uh you don't know like off the bat, uh, if it give you a nature, let's get some some more rolls. Uh, nature twenty one. Twenty one. Looking at what they're doing, you don't get the idea that they're particularly intelligent. You get the feeling it's like uh, if you tried to capture, you know, like some fish you can capture by like I think it's trout. You can sort of tickle its underbelly and it kind of just mm. gives up and you can grab it. Like <laughs> they they don't have a lot going on in the brain department. I've not spent a great deal of my life tickling trout, so I can't. <laughs> neither, neither have I, but for some reason, it is something that I know is possible. Neva has. Neva's done it a lot. That's her favorite path. <laughs> yeah. So after a, a second or two, you hear the engine spooling up. Uh, you'll brace again. This time, you're ready for it. <laughs> I'll warn the others to brace. And there's this blast towards not quite as harsh an acceleration to try and catch up as the uh, the guppies go past alongside, you match, and you can see that you match pretty well. A couple of them, almost in a panic, you can see there's like an extra speed burst that sort of zooms out of them, and a couple of them blast away, but this net comes out sideways, and it slowly closes around one of them and draws back in, uh, and they, whilst everyone's out of the way, very much like, you know, when you see on fishing ships, a little less chaotic, but when they have a big... Uh, a big uh, net coming in and it's like moving along with a hoist system all that kind of stuff sort of coming along and then it goes down into a pre-created uh, pre-set up tank um which they seal off and this little uh space copy sort of just like hovers inside this little area it moves around a little bit before it eventually calms down and you can see at this point uh they are i don't really know yeah this it's around 
1.5 meters long. It's a very long right. thing. It was a bit deceptive Gosh. as it was zooming around. But now that it's next to you, you can see <clears> it's actually <throat> quite a long creature. Um, impressive fish, isn't it? So now give me, uh, for uh, Neva, give me a nature. Now that you can see it, and again, they give a little pause so you can go over and have a look before they do anything. <laughs> I don't like these dice anymore. Aww. Your old ones, right? No, I've just used the new <laughs> one, and it's just given me a two, which makes that a six. Oh, not very good. Um, you, at the very <laughs> least, can see what they look like, but trying to work out what the different parts sort of are for, not so much. I think. So, I think, um, although. Uh, Cal isn't interested in it for his project. Oh, gosh. Sorry, I was just distracted by um, real nature outside. There's some little birds sitting on the tree outside. Really brightly coloured, reds and yellows, little finch of some sort. Very pretty. Sorry, goldfinch. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen them before here. That's really pretty. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah. I think Cal wouldn't, but he's interested in nature in general, so he would actually have a look as well. Uh, well, it's up to you whether you give an assistance or if you. Um... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you'll give him assistance because he's he he would be like, oh, look at that, look at that. Roll again. Well, we, I think you said it's a big fish. Is this a fish? It doesn't live in the water. It's would this not be considered more? I'm in love with these dice again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, I mean, the definition of such. So that's a natural twenty. Oh, Ooh, wonderful. In which case, I'm going to give you a lot of detail that I will then copy and paste. Yeah, I pointed out just the right thing. Oh, yeah. Are you going to pull out the scroll? See. The scroll? The scroll? Are you going to pull out the oh, scroll? Oh, I have it written down because the scroll is... Can you please just pull out the scroll for the sake of it? <sighs> Thank you. information was presented to me before it's been transferred digitally. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Sarah wrote, wrote down all of that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, so, wow, wow, amazing. Uh, I'm actually going to be reading from the screen, but yes, that, that is I a want thing. a copy of that scroll, like an actual <laughs> scroll sent to me. My... My vo note of incredulity in my voice there is not about Sarah's ability to write out that much. I should I should clarify. It's just about having sat down and like put the time into mm. it. Is a yeah. is a very it's thoughtful amazing. thing. It, it is yeah. making the, making the rest of us look like lousy DMs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> right. I'm trying to put it back into this little like uh, this little ribbon. <laughs> so, uh, so. Uh, you can tell that the at the front, the mouth end, there is, it has these white fatty lips, and these, these are the words as written, these biological, that secrete a sticky saliva to trap what you are informed are called magioorganisms, which are like magic microorganisms. Uh, it has a shiny blubbery torso with silver and blue hues, uh, duller colors to sort of blend in with the cloud line. Uh, the tail fins are sleek and delicate and contain incredibly bright silver and sky blue hues. As these dark, large eyes with pinpricks of sky blue in the corner. Um, 
you get the feeling that all of the like organs or whatever skeleton structure everything underneath is under quite a lot of blubber uh to keep it all very protected and as i said it's around one and a half meters long um you get the feeling there would be variation in there but uh that's uh this seems to be fully grown no they're not midichlorians um what else is in there I mean, you did get a natural 20 on that, uh, so I want to give you a bit more. Um, okay, I'll give you a bit more about that, that food source. So, space I just love the word blubber. Yes. <laughs> they feed on these uh, magic organisms, or magic organisms, sorry, not magic organisms, magic organisms in the atmosphere, which uh, you would have learned sort of is uh, is a thing that exists. As, as in our real world, we have microorganisms. They are magical equivalents of such things that are invisible to the naked eye unless you really know what you're looking for or through a microscope or anything like that, which I guess is exactly what it means when I say invisible to the naked eye. Um, but this seems to be their one sort of food source. They fly around as you're looking at them still flying around. This mouth is always open. It doesn't seem to have the ability to close as you look at it. There's no, like, jaw. Uh, and this stickiness around the outside collects all of these organisms, and it, as they move, it sort of propels it down into their digestive system. Um, there's a load of like uh, biological words in here which you wouldn't know, uh, but effectively, there's a little line here that says how they interact uh, in the in their system. But you get the feeling, having a look at it, that these organisms this they break down the magic's released and it allows them to have this sort of internal magical explosion which is what is propelling them forwards that you have been seeing and any excess sort of firing gases are released out of a uh, exit hole on the lower back of the torso so they're you know launched uh, constantly forwards i'm going to send you this whole thing which has all of these technical tons in it as well uh, <laughs> i wasn't typing any of that i know i know i know that's no fine. way i was going to um, Are you going to add this to your physical book? Yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, you... I actually bought new post-it notes for that book. For, like, the translucent ones mm -hmm. where you can sketch. Nice. So that was in nature. From that point, give me... Uh, so I say with the natural 20 as well, uh, just for a bit of the RP side of things. As you're looking at it, the zoologist especially puts on these very puts on some gloves and very carefully uh, opens up a part of the uh, this casing whilst still, you know, obviously ensuring that this, this guppy is okay. There's a lot of people around sort of making sure that it doesn't fly away or hurt itself or anyone. And it, um, they start uh, sort of looking at it, checking that it's okay, uh, doing more things that were sort of checking. Is the air quality affecting them in any way? Is there anything that's sort of you know, bad stuff that could be affecting them? But as that sort of comes to a close. Uh, they hand you a, a set of gloves, you and Jameth, and allow you to very gently sort of feel the side. It's a very, very slippery, sleek side to the fish. Um, they say don't touch the front bit with all that sort of uh, the sticky stuff because that can be, you know, bad. You can get bad organisms into their digestive system. But you can look around, get these sort of interactive uh, view. It all. It is very calm. Uh, give me an investigation, which will be this and sort of using this to sort of give a bit more information. Uh, around uh 17 is pretty good pretty good pretty good pretty good pretty good um yeah so uh you get the sort of behavioral uh, ideas in your head um you can tell that especially with this one uh it's been helped out a little bit but they're pretty calm and docile creatures 
who just seem to sort of fly around, feed. That's they, they don't really have like thoughts in the same way, so they just sort of fly around doing their things. And this one doesn't seem to be particularly scared of you. Um, like the interaction, you know how you hear of some animals on certain islands that have never interacted with a predator, so they don't really get scared of anything. You kind of get that kind of a vibe. Um, and yeah, you see this sort of behavioral thing of them making wonderful patterns in the sky, but you realize that now that one has been separated from the group, these wonderful, perfect shapes are a little more chaotic, they're a little more sporadic, and they're sort of not panicking especially, but they seem to have broken up to like like a like a reaction to one being captured to help the rest of them not be captured as easily, if that makes any sense. Um you can tell that uh, they live in pretty large packs. Like I said, about 100 or 200 in this this uh, this school. And like I said, that sort of separation uh, is, is, is a bit of a, a worry. Um, and you, I'll give you a little bit as well. You're a 17. It's high for, for especially the level that you're at. You can tell that every now and again, especially now, uh, they have this sort of like extra um, burst of speed, which you saw. Uh, which blasts them forwards for a, a significant amount of time, almost as though if something's about to catch them, they can sort of turn on a little bit of a reserve and and uh, fire off to hopefully escape. Um, let me give you those. Uh, and the final part of this uh, would be, you know, they, they close it up, make sure it's okay. They put a little tag, uh, you know, a non-invasive tag on it so they can track sort of movements and migration patterns, things like that. And they uh, release it out very carefully, let it sort of fly off on its own, and it eventually rejoins the, the, the school and it, it get back into their usual stuff. Uh, and the only last part of this, <coughs> the only thing you want to do, would be conversational stuff with the actual zoologist to talk about, you know, Stuff that you can't find out from looking at it, cultural things or, you know, laws around them, uh, things about offspring, that kind of stuff. Uh, at this bit, I'm going to let you ask the questions, see what the zoologist says. Hmm? Hang on. How'd Jay do? Jameis is getting along, probably not getting as much uh, as Neva, but Neva's extremely intelligent. But is, you haven't really seen this, like, not excited, but very interested part of Jameis. She's up till now seemed very sort of like, yeah, whatever, things exist, I don't care. But when it comes to this um, interaction with, uh, with with nature, she's very interested. In fact, her whole too cool for school demeanor has basically just sort of melted away into someone that is closer to Neva, a bit more of a nerd on the whole subject. Um, well, Maisie still hasn't seen it because she's looking for the authorized person at all. True, true, but everyone else has. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know. Uh, give me a uh, intelligence roll. I got a question. <laughs> Your question, who has time to come up with all this stuff? 16. Okay. Uh, then you can ask a good couple questions on breeding and offspring. Um, yeah, there we go. Because my brain didn't think about that at all. Uh, then possibly some questions about poaching and the laws around uh, them, because you did hear about that earlier. <laughs> and then um, maybe a little bit of like a habitat sort of question. Mm-hmm. So, the breeding. Uh, you find out 
Uh, in fact, actually, now let's go for conversational stuff with charisma. What have we got? Uh, it's not persuasion or deception. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's hard to I should think about these things, shouldn't I? Um, go with... You know, just go with like a straight charisma roll. I know you don't get to add your stuff onto it, but I'll, I'll factor it. Just see how, how charming you are as a person. all right it's all right so when it comes to breeding uh you find out that adult space guppies mate for life um and the terminology for uh, their courting is called a space waltz or at least it's what they yeah. in the in the usual thing um basically they will weave over and under each other individually for over three weeks uh, with those loops getting tighter and tighter until eventually <coughs> mated. Uh, not that you asked for the nitty-gritty details of such things. Um, the offspring, you'll love this, are called spuppies. Spuppies! Um, they have about one or two spuppies uh, when they when they give birth. Um... And this comes with the question of, you know, are they, are they fish? I mean, like sharks, they give birth to, like, you know, fully formed bees. Uh, and either the female or the male can carry, which is just, sort of just random. And the gestation <laughs> period is one year. Gender fluid guppies? Yeah. Yeah, it's like they, they do have uh, recognizably different features for, um, like a sex, like male and female, but the mechanisms are set up in such a way that it doesn't, it's not, it's kind of just random which one carries. Yeah. Uh, on the poaching side of things, uh, effectively, I mean, you learn less about this because they seem a little more, you know, with your 10, they seem a little less to give it to you. But you know that it's illegal to down or kill space copies or just harm them in any way, which is because uh, about 10 years after they were discovered, uh, they became very endangered because they, they make a particular dye color if you like kill them and take their fins, uh, which became hugely in demand, which meant poaching was really high, and uh, they went down to very small numbers, and now it is legal to do so to make sure that you know, that sort of thing doesn't happen anymore. Um, and that's probably about all you get overall for your for your, your 10 and your questions. Which is still pretty decent. You've got some good rolls in there. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Carly had some questions. And, and anything else? I'll, I'll release the, the information uh, blasting. <laughs> no? You said, I know that was, I, I was oh, going to say, it was, it was the same question. It was the, uh, about the uh, breeding and so on. Cool. And if there's nothing else, eventually everything calms down and, uh, you know, the guppies are left to their own thing. Meanwhile. Well, that was very, very impressive. Uh, meanwhile, whilst you're still typing up everything, <laughs> Maisie, you for a wander around the ship. You take the opportunity of everybody being distracted to have a little wander down in the gallows and all the under under stuff. Now, you're aware that you'll only have time to maybe find two different doors that say authorized personnel. You definitely only have time to, if you're going to, break into one. 
So you have a little look around and you find one door that says authorized personnel on that's kind of close to the side of the ship. Uh, so there wouldn't be like a lot of space behind it, but you don't know if it would be a long, thin room or just a small room. And you find a second one that is it's a bit of a weird setup. It's almost like a square room in the middle of the ship that you can kind of walk the whole way around with one door. Hmm. It's not particularly large, maybe 10 by 10. Can I try to... I don't know whether this would be insider investigation um, on whether or not which one or which one would be more likely to have informational stuff like not necessarily valuable objects but valuable information uh give me a Ooh, it's hard to decide isn't it it would be i would really yeah, love for me... it to be insight what's insight based on wisdom it is wisdom, isn't it? Yeah, give me an insight, because I was thinking that anyway, and it is a very sort of, like, you're trying to work out situationally. There's not a lot of, like, physical information. Well, I rolled below a 10, but it comes out to a 15, because I have expertise in it. Okay. You are... Your insight into the situation, you're thinking, if you're looking for information, it's the long one. It could contain files and stuff, but it seems unlikely. It would be like an awkward place to have a load of file systems. The big, the sort of square room, you could believe it to be more of an office. Not that it necessarily is, but it takes more the shape of somewhere that someone would work. Yeah, and the stuff on the side of the ship is probably more so for loading purposes. I'd see where cargo you think You think possibly? You don't know if it then connects to the outside or not. Yeah, but it would more so than the center one, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I guess I'll try the, the, the square room. It goes so, in the square room. <laughs> it goes in the square room. <laughs> so it says authorized personnel, and of course, it has a little lock. How <laughs> <laughs> come your thief tools? Yes. Uh, that's a natural 18 plus whatever the hell. Is, is it dex and proficiency since. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you're proficient. Uh, proficiency is another five so 23 23 pretty good it's not a particularly complex lock this is you know more of those it's honorable to not just break into somewhere like this um but that does give you a little bit of a less hopeful spark that it wasn't like a high security lock so it's unlike there's anything stupidly necessary in here um you walk in and it is not just an office like you know you were expecting to see a desk in the middle and bookshelves around the side it's more of like one long desk that goes along two of the walls with multiple chairs and then a few like um not not particularly scientific but more sort of like for working on things more tools for working on things for looking at things uh possibly for cleaning things like if they have you get the idea if they have some precious cargo that needs taken care of it would go into here and in the corner there is a, a sort of temperature controlled humidity controlled chamber nothing in it it's turned off at the moment but that would be for like old scrolls that need you know, specifically looked after or whatever um there are a few sort of like uh file drawers um you're not filled with a lot of hope that there'll be much in there but they do mm. exist i'll dig through it see if i can find anything Should even an bank, state, bank statements or anything like that as well well sorry <laughs> <Bye>. no idea <laughs> Reroll that in the box. <laughs> That's another natural 18. Uh, but... 
Um, investigation is a dirty 20. In, a dirty yeah. 20. A dirty, dirty 20. There's not the information here. So there's one particular filing cabinet that's full of just like information, like basic information on looking after commonly uh, used things. They're like um, rule books, effectively, of like how to look after this, how to look after that. Uh, which is alongside another one that is like a load of drawers of tools, very nicely laid out specific tools for specific situations. And uh, the final set of drawers uh, is like a historical information about what's been through. Um, so there's a lot of, about like, uh, a lot of it is about like particular wines, um, very uh, like, so some of the wines um, they can collect and move around or bring to themselves are like the ones that you, you know, as the strangelings found in an old temple, they need to be looked after, especially in the long range, to keep value. How far back does and, it go? Um, it only goes back like uh, the last couple of years. No, oh, okay. Nothing too especially far, but you know, there's there's things like some of the wines, if they're made specially for particular people, they get stored in here, looked after, um, you know, pressure stuff like that. But it does highlight that. Uh, not all of it is wine-based. In fact, some of it, uh, you don't recognize what they are, but like it seems they're other objects, um, whether they're magical or not, it doesn't state, but like things that imply it could be old manuscripts, old scrolls, some historical stuff that, you know, needs especially looking after, uh, possibly even like um, old, uh, like physical things like gold, uh, jewels, things like that would also need looking after artifacts type things. Not artifact in the magical sense, artifact in the they're just old kind of things. Stones uh, the size of an apple. Yeah, yeah exactly. Stones stones of an apple. Um, again, nothing is particularly like, they, they say like the names of the objects, so it could be like uh, you get the idea that it's some of its jewelry because it'll say like amulet of, but then you don't know where it's come from or what it is, and then mm -hmm. other bits it just gives it a name like uh the i'm just gonna it doesn't say this but like if it just said like the opulence you're just like well i don't know what that is it just says it's there um so and, and that's only takes up about maybe five percent of the things that have come through not a huge amount but mm. you get the feeling they're pretty high value stuff that need a lot of taking care of um more like your wine like a standard bottle of wine would sell for 10 gold one of these amulets would sell for two thousand gold or more you know like hugely you know, expensive things um but you can hear things starting to clear up upstairs you're not too far away from it and you can hear like announcements and things and you get the feeling you're going to need to manage yeah. it pretty quick i'll throw it away back, by back where it came careful, from back, back. Where... <laughs> yeah carefully i don't care if people find out you put it back in stuff it all back in get out um do you relock the door nah. no okay and then you uh Head back up and uh, put on your best acting face as the, you know, all the space guppies. In fact, actually, when you get up there, you're like, oh my god, that's pretty actually impressive just seeing all these space mm. guppies flying around. Pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Neva, what's your what's your passive? Perception. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Uh, are you trying to sneak up back onto the onto the deck? Well, casually going uh, if i was stealthing at all i would suggest it be a charisma based stealth check because i'm not trying to hide i'm just trying to be matter of fact so are, are you trying to act as though you weren't doing anything malicious as you nonchalant yeah uh yeah give me a 
I'm trying to think. I want I want to throw at you like a performance. <laughs> sure. Um, I think that's yeah, better than raw charisma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. A natural fifteen for an eighteen. A natural fifteen for an eighteen. Very nice. Um yeah, it's pretty convincing. Uh you do notice, of course, Neva, that Maisie comes up from below deck, mm -hmm. but mm, she's not doing much. I mean, it depends how much you care. I think you'd be distracted, so you're probably a bit like, okay, she wasn't around. I think even if then... I wasn't really that distracted, I wouldn't care that much. Yeah, you wouldn't be I know that she's on <laughs> one about finding out information, and to be honest, Neva kind of wants to know the information. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after a while, the airship, of course, cruises back round to uh, your school. It's probably, you would have left at like nine in the morning, a little early for some of you. Uh, and you've come back a good like four hours later, so it's uh, approaching midday for a nice bit of spot of lunch as you all come back down. Uh, parks over your accommodation, and you all approach the teleportation again. <laughs> I, I I would want to find it. I'm not going to feel the same when we go back down again. Probably, possibly. Any more water bucket I can take with me? Uh, yeah, one of the crew just hands you a bucket. <laughs> Okay. It has like I don't need it, but you know, it. yeah, it's yeah. a very, very fancy book. It's like a weirdly yeah. fancy. It has bucket. the logo in, in yeah. gilded edges on the tip of the bucket. <laughs> yep. This is a very nice bucket. Is this? <laughs> it's a shame what I'm about to do to it. <laughs> so. If I'm right, here I go. Home, you can just keep it. I, uh, won't two... I don't think they'll want it back after I've used it. Uh, the two sisters, bomb bomb, absolutely fine. Nothing happens. Can't oh, Give me a constitution save. Constitution save. Boop. Ha ha ha. 23. 23. You hold it in. You get down. You sort of get teleported down. Like blasted down. And your stomach, like, you get that horrible feeling like you've gone over a hill. And it's like, <laughs> but you, no, you're fine. You're right. You're right. Uh, oh, oh, dear. Give me, another, give me a constitution save as well. Uh, I would like to be the last to go again. Sure. So everyone else <laughs> fum, 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 goes down. Uh, you are the last one waiting. The people around is the captain came over just to say a farewell. Um, and then there's just a few crew around, just like standard operating crew. Cool. Uh, I'll just say to the captain uh, before I go, be like, so it seems like you, you know the kind of people that the, uh, that the girls are, yeah? I know them fairly well. I have not interacted with them on a personal level too often. Every now and again, I captain the ship that they will be transported with, but I have not inquired too much into their uh, okay. personal lives. And do you have much contact with uh, the Lord and Lady Montgomery Cartwright? My interactions tend not to be with uh, the hires of the family. I will be spoken through operations. But you could get a message to them if you needed to. It is unusual for me to send messages, but it is possible. Okay, I was just going to say, uh, if they would be interested in having a closer eye kept on on them, they should maybe just get in touch and we could work something out. Give me persuasion. Hold on, you do assume that they don't already have a close eye kept on us. Uh, 16. 16. He pauses and he says, I can pass along a message, but I cannot promise that anything will be done. 
yeah, no, of course, just pass it along and I'm sure they already have my contact information. Okay, well. Uh, and since, well, since the others didn't say it, goodbye, Captain. I hope you have a very safe trip. And then I'm I walk off. <laughs> we would have said it. I'm assuming Kylie did. Neither probably. Maisie just gave one of those. Sayonara, bitches. Neither definitely would have said goodbye and thank you. Yeah. Uh, so you pop down. So give me a constitution save as you confidently teleport down. Uh, it's in that one, so it's not going to be very, very yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. There's you, guy. I said, okay, because Cal would be waiting with the bucket just in case. Yeah, you hop down to the bottom, see the bucket, and just immediately, like, vomit again. <laughs> Any nice food that you had whilst you were up there? Off it goes. Does he vomit ocean water? I wouldn't imagine so, no. <laughs> I wasn't drinking... I, was, I presume I wasn't offered salt water no, as a beverage. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't ask like that. It's an out-of-pocket question. No, uh, I, I get I, that question. I vomit, I vomit cosmic fluid, because <laughs> why not? Well, no, you're doing so much with, like, jellyfish and water and shit. Yeah, but it's not... He ate food. Just normal <laughs> food. <laughs> Fancy food. I mean, it it's a magic world! <laughs> I, I vomit up flaming hair because I know that's what you want to see. <laughs> uh, yeah, you look in the bucket and it's normal looking vomit. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll just... I'll just swish, swish my wand at it and press the digitate it away and then hand it back to Cal. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah. You're welcome. You're sit down. I think you're looking a bit peaky. And on that disgusting... I, I always look like this. <laughs> a disgusting note, we will take a break. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dicebreakers. Thank you to Dark Fantasy Studio and Nicholas Judy for the use of their music in the episode. And a big thanks to you for listening. If you prefer to see us live, don't forget to follow us on Twitch or Glimish at DicebreakersDnD, or if you want to watch us at your own pace, consider subscribing to us on YouTube. Don't forget to come back next week to see what the characters get up to in the next part of this epic adventure. I'll see you then. Thank you.